0: Two full hours. More Reese means more coffee.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. It's 7.07 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, February the 8th. Welcome to another thrilling, fun-filled episode of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in Myrtle Beach with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. I'm your host, For Saturday Morning Coffee, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in as we help you get your Saturday morning going. At Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee, join us as we talk about the news, current events, what's happening in our world, all the things that we think you need to know. Man, a lot going on this week. Crazy (laughs) week. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about several things in no particular order. We love limited government. We love lower taxes. That means more freedom. And last but not least, we love great coffee. Life is too short to drink bad coffee. <laughs> Speaking of great coffee, Mister Producer, how you doing this morning? What do you got? What do you got brewing over there?
2: I am doing fantastic. Much better than last Saturday, which I barely remember. You, were, you uh, were
1: a little under the weather
2: last week. I was a lot under the weather yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Wednesday to Wednesday, basically, was what that uh, flu does to you.
1: You had the uh, you had the coronavirus coronavirus uh, sheen. I dumped out I, I, all my coronas uh, <laughs> when I first heard about the coronavirus. They were out of my house. Out but of your house. This
2: morning is uh, Dark Magic, of course, uh, Green Mountain. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Love the stuff. Good stuff. Yes, Good sir. stuff.
1: Green Mountain coffee is uh, is great. No so. shortage of
2: news this week, huh?
1: Goodness gracious. You know, the old Chinese proverb, Glenn, may you live in interesting times. Yes, we do. We live in, we live in interesting times. You know, <laughs> I, I think they actually meant that as a curse, not necessarily an <laughs> encouragement. No but we definitely uh, we definitely live in interesting times what a week Wow much has happened quick uh, quick recap we had the Super Bowl yep uh, Super Bowl was an interesting game good game great yeah. great game yeah. uh, followed quickly uh, with no time to catch your breath by the <laughs> Iowa caucuses which were <laughs> almost as thrilling as the Super Bowl ladies and gentlemen uh, if you if it's possible to make a, a, a caucus a thrilling event the Democrats uh, succeeded this week in Really, it was just kind of interesting to determine if they were going to be able to uh, count the votes. Then, of course, uh, uh, short on the heels of uh, the Iowa caucus with, again, no time to catch your breath. We had the State of the Union address, which I, <clears throat> you know, I, I have to say, Glenn, I think that State of the Union address will go down in history as an historic speech. That oh, was, I, I believe so, too. Yeah, that yeah. was probably the most important speech uh, that Trump has ever given by mm-hmm. far. And probably one of the most uh, important presidential speeches that we've heard from much of our lifetime.
2: And he's got the gig down now. He looked very presidential, did he not? Oh, he looked He looked very I mean, presidential. That was the, the most presidential I've seen the president.
1: And, and did you notice, you know, one of the big uh, complaints about Trump has been, oh, I just wish he was more presidential. I mean, you've heard me say that. Yep. I mean I, mean I mean let's be honest. Yeah. I've occasionally said, "Look, I love what the guy's doing by and large. Mm-hmm. Don't love everything he does, but 90% of what he does I'm completely on board with." And but there are times when I'm like, eh, could you just lay maybe lay off the Twitter for a day or two and let's mm-hmm. let things settle down." And but the Democrats, goodness gracious, now they're saying, "Well, oh, we think maybe he was sedated." I right, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, "Oh, really? The guy yeah. can't win. When he, <laughs> when he acts like a president, which you guys have been, you know, among many other things, have been asking him to do." Uh, you say, "Oh, well, he must be under. You know, he took a Xanax, and he's not really. That's not the real dental." The Ronald guy Trump. is a Christian. He doesn't yeah.
2: drink. He doesn't take drugs. Never has. Never will. And the Democrats just need to face that. They, they can. They, and like he said, if so, they come back again, I'm going to beat him again. I'm going to beat
1: him again, and he will. I yeah. mean, I, I have a- absolute confidence that he will. So the the president the president gave what I would consider to be a masterful speech. Yeah. Uh, for the State of the Union. We'll talk a little more about that. And then, of course, followed by a couple of uh, campaign-style press events, speeches uh, that the president gave later in the week where he kind of rolled, uh, you know, it's kind of funny to me. I wondered, of course, the the the, uh, the sort of the resolution of the State of the Union was also interesting because Nancy Pelosi had her famous uh, page tearing Mm -hmm. and uh, for which an ethics complaint has now been filed against her with the the House Ethics Committee. So it will be – that's another story spinoff from the State of the Union. Be interesting to see what happens there, of course. And I wondered how Trump would have fared later in the week had it not been. Did that set him off? Did he come out swinging even harder because of what Pelosi did? I wonder – what would Trump have—you know, what would the rest of the week look like if uh, if Nancy Pelosi had leaned down and said, Mr. President, thank you, wonderful speech, right. uh, I'm ready to work with you, let's go forward, you know. And what would—we'll never know. Yeah. She didn't do that. I wouldn't—and frankly, I wasn't expecting her to do that, but it's an interesting question, what would have happened? And—but of course, uh, so the later part of the week, we saw the the Trump that we're all uh, very accustomed to, which is the Trump <laughs> just <laughs> whipping <laughs> rear end on the campaign trail— Beating Democrats like dogs, yeah. it's, you know, I really think Trump needs to step it up a notch. I decided, you know what he really needs for these events? Glenn? What's that? Trump needs a piñata, huge piñata, that is Adam Schiff in effigy. Okay. It, is, it is a papier-mâché version of piñata, I mean of, of Adam Schiff. And it's filled with candy, of course, chocolates, candies, all that good stuff. And Trump gets up on stage, and they let the kids, you know, they let the kids sit in the front row. And Trump, as the sort of the climax of these political events, these these rallies that he has, they, they lower Adam Schiff, you know, the piñata shaped like Adam Schiff. I don't know if we want the full body or just the head. Maybe just the head. Maybe
2: just the head and shoulders, right? Maybe
1: just the pencil neck head of of Adam Schiff. They lower that down just and just let Trump just whack the ever-living snot out of this piñata. <laughs> The candy explodes. The kids go crazy. Stars, you know, Stars and Stripes. hail to the chief! All that. Yeah. So I mean, that's the only thing he needs to do to. But he was just oh, he was taking names uh, later in the week. The Trump that we all know and love. So interesting, uh, very interesting week, uh, and um, and other stuff going on. We'll uh, we'll get to all that today. Not, we won't get to all of it, but we'll get to some of it. So. Uh, very interesting week, and we do live in interesting times, and there's a lot uh, to talk about. Interesting uh, thing, top of the stack, not in any particular order. Um, uh, I noticed uh, Booty Gig coming out now, <laughs> uh, claiming that there may have, in fact, been, uh, dare he say it, uh, some irregularities in the Iowa uh, caucus voting. <laughs> really? Really. Yeah. But you know, the interesting thing, the total number of ballots cast, according to Google, I didn't realize it, is very small. I mean, look the 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 most current results that we have, uh, 90, what is this? 99 percent of pre-seeks reporting from the uh, from the infamous Iowa caucuses. Boy, the Democrats just had a bang up week, did they? Yeah they uh? did, yeah. Well they, they just they yeah. just Batting average just booted it right out of the park. Booty judge, booty gig, is uh, with 13 delegates in the lead, followed closely by, uh, by communist Bernie Sanders with 12 delegates. Uh, booty gig got a whopping 564 votes <laughs> compared to Bernie Sanders, 562. The third place finisher currently <clears throat> is uh, Elizabeth Warren at 387 votes. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, quattro Joe. Quattrojo coming in in fourth place at 300 and 341 votes in the state of Iowa. You and I could have counted that in like mean, a, yeah. an hour. This is like running for student body president at Conway High School. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're exactly right. This is not rocket science, folks. This is not hard to do. 564, 562, 3, 387. I mean, we're talking about votes, not thousands of votes. We're talking about individual votes here, um, uh, followed by Amy Klobuchar, Andrew Yang, uh, last but not least, Tom Steyer, who's been spending millions of dollars uh, advertising about how he's going to go to Iowa and whoop some serious booty. Yeah. Uh, he got seven votes. Yeah, less than one. Seven <laughs> votes in Iowa.
2: Well, they got Homer Simpson counting those votes out I there. Know, I All mean, I keep really. thinking is, do Don't! Uh, what are we going to do now, so so, I can't believe I got to count But we're, fingers. We're
1: up to 99% returned, and uh, looks like Booty Gig has, uh, has taken it. But. We'll be right back. We've got a lot to talk about. Stick with us. Uh, We've got a few words coming up from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town.
0: Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. full hours on Talk 94.5. Can't keep my hands to myself.
1: on my Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd. Welcome back to the show. Didn't even get to my invite during the first segment. We got uh, distracted talking about all the uh, crazy events of the week. But welcome, you guys, to uh, join in on the program. Always uh, invite your comments. Feel free to call us on uh, the call-in line at 843-903-2945. You can also text us on the pcrxcomputers.com text line. That number is 843-798-8255. Join our text list of deplorables if you aren't already on board, which you should be. You can also tweet me your comments. The Twitter handle for the show is at Reese Boyd. And you can also email your comments to us. The email address is Reese Boyd, SMC at uh, gmail.com. And of course, as I say every week, feel free to call me. Not everybody's in a talkative mood at this hour on Saturday morning. Feel free to call me at the office. Uh, During normal business hours, I'm Often around, not always, but you can reach me at the office uh, during normal business hours at Davison Boyd. That number is 843-839-9800. But join us on the show if you're up and about, have comments. We'd love to hear from you. 843-903-2945 is that number. Got some really great calls uh, this week. I really appreciate you guys, uh, the feedback and letting us know that you're listening and that you're enjoying the show. Said uh, I was walking uh, down the hall at the office one day this week. And I was, you know, you you know, you occasionally hear those conversations, Glenn, and you know you're the you're the topic of discussion. And they, <laughs> you know, my ears always perk when I realize I'm okay, I'm being talked about, and so. But this was good, and usually when I hear a uh, uh, you know, effusive praise being heaped on me for some reason that i know not why there's always a catch you know i'm like it's usually somebody wants something done like yesterday and and so Mm -hmm. i'm i get a little suspicious but anyway so i'm hearing this conversation one of the one of the uh, paralegals in the office is having this conversation and uh, one of our callers one of our listeners excuse me called into the office just to tell uh the individual that she was speaking with how much she was enjoying the show and that she uh, she sets her alarm clock oh there you go on saturday mornings to be sure not to sleep in and not to miss uh, saturday morning coffee so what a compliment that was thank you and uh and we had uh, um you know uh, several calls this week that were enjoyable i talked with a few of you guys and and uh, some of you called with some legal questions, so it's uh, it's always good to talk to listeners and enjoy doing that. Enjoy closing the loop and finding out who's listening and and what we're uh, what we're uh, doing that you guys are enjoying and and any suggestions that you have for how we can make the show better. But uh, thanks for all the feedback that we're getting and and those calls. And, and as I said, feel free to call the show anytime and let us know uh, what you're thinking about uh, various things that are. That are happening in the world, and there's a lot, uh, as we have said, uh, going on. We do live in interesting times, for sure. And um, just before the break, we were talking about the Iowa Caucus. Um, the week actually started out with the, the Super Bowl, which I thought, as we talked about, was an excellent. I mean, just a one great football game. Yeah, I'm very um, interesting. Kansas City Chiefs, just hats off to them. You know, it's funny. I was sort of – I went into the game, uh, Glenn, I was sympathetic to San Francisco. I'm not a fan <laughs> of San Francisco because I associate San Francisco with Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Terrible I have, city. But I, but yeah. I love. You know, I wanted, uh, of course, love Debo Samuel's former Gamecock. Yeah. Rookie year at San Fran. Uh, you know, in the San Fran of my youth. You know, uh, you know the Joe, the Joe Montana's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that era. The Joe. I mean, San Francisco was a team that. That I supported, that yeah. I you wasn't know, my favorite team, but it's certainly a team that I rooted for. Yeah. But goodness gracious, it is so hard to do anything. I mean, in the in the era of Nancy Pelosi, yeah. it is so hard to get excited about anything that has anything to do with San uh, with San Francisco, San Diego, San Francisco. Her, yeah,
2: her ta- her her town is in terrible shape. It's in awful shape. It's in. I mean, the, the homelessness, the the uh, decrepitating on the sidewalks, um, yeah. the needles. It's nu- it's nuts. Yeah.
1: And I, what I can't really understand is why people, you know, I want to say, look, if you if you're there's this uh, movement afoot to let's nominate Bernie. We'll get into this. Yeah. Interesting, interesting uh, movement among Republicans to cross over voting lines. We know what the Republicans are going to do on our side of the table. And by the way, I'm a fan of closed primaries. All, and I don't think any of this should happen. I think this is but there's a movement afoot among Republicans to say, hey, if Democrats can do this, let's try it out to cross over, vote in the Republican primary and um, and to um, and to uh, help support Bernie Sanders. The, and Hugh Hewitt was talking about this morning, the idea being to let's tee up <laughs> this this, you know, apocalyptic uh, election where we square off, you know, mano a mano Um, capitalism, market, free market economics in one corner, in the right corner, (laughs) in the right corner, weighing in at a svelte 275 with orange hair and red, white, and blue pants, Donald J. Trump! In the left corner, in the far left, radical fringe, just off the beaten path, way in the left field corner, it's in green pants, Weighing in at a scrawny 182 pounds. Anyway. uh, uh Uh-oh. Mic drop? That's your uh, your fighting bell. That's my fighting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Mom, Clarence says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Um, But... You know, it, it, there's this movement afoot to—well, uh, we were, we're, we're in rare form this morning. Uh, there's a movement afoot to uh, tee up this grand uh, contest between, um, between socialism—excuse me, between communism. Let's call it what it is. Bernie Sanders is a communist. Between communism and capitalism, I'm not sure if that's really smart, but I'm all for settling the question. Right. And what I don't understand is how can anybody—I mean, if you want to look at what democratic politics— does to the world what mm. socialism does to the world look at venezuela i was yep i was look at the venezuela. first place that comes to thought look at look at look at new orleans when hurricane katrina rolls into town into a into a place that had been run by the democratic party for 50, right. 50 100 years look at look at uh, new orleans you know it's it's just the evidence is overwhelming. look at venezuela look at san francisco how many i mean look at cuba look at any place that has been or is Socialist, communist, and the results nowhere in the world have the masses been lifted out of abject poverty. I think I'm paraphrasing Milton Friedman here. But nowhere in the world have the masses ever been lifted out of abject poverty in numbers like they have been where the forces of the free market have been unleashed. There's no there is no close second. This is I mean, if you look at it historically and are objective about it, and just look at the numbers, it's not even a debate. And yet, Bernie Sanders raises $25 million in December. Yeah. What's up with that? I yeah. <laughs> don't know. What is going on here? And, and so you have a lot of people in the world who, are, who give lip service to market economics and freedom, but yet they're, they're sort of cloistered socialists. A lot of it happens in academia. Academia is freshly minting a new crowd of socialists every year. So a lot of people are saying, let's tee up the grand, you know, let's tee up the the grand battle of Armageddon, uh, Donald Trump versus uh, versus the socialism and uh, the socialism candidate. So uh, there might be something to that, frankly, but I just don't understand how people can look at it objectively or even just partially objectively and and reach any other conclusion than socialism is simply evil. But uh, apparently there's quite a few people out there who uh, don't get that, that need the lesson. So there go there. Therefore, there are folks out there that, that want to uh, they want to uh, get Bernie uh, ele- uh, nominated. And let's go ahead and answer this question. Uh, I would say hopefully once and for all. But that would be that would be too optimistic. But we'll see what happens. Um lot more to talk about this morning. Stick with us. We'll be right back with uh, more Saturday morning coffee. We want to talk about the uh, impeachment vote this week and uh, some more of uh, the president's accomplishments and uh, and the State of the Union address. So a lot to talk about. And uh, we're energized on the Bernie questions. So stick with us. Don't leave town. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee.
0: Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd radio hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. PCRX. We have the right prescription for your PC. When you have computer problems, your life stops, your work stops, everything stops. PCRX gets your computer and your life moving again. Diagnostics, consultation, virus removal, optimization. Call PCRX for PC service and repair in Conway. PCRX. PCRX is the way to go. Call 488-4100. SEMEP empowers manufacturers to succeed by offering services that will help your company advance into the future. Whether you're looking for robotics, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, or cybersecurity, our professional instructors with real industry experience are here to help your company expand and modernize. Visit scmep.org slash radio. SEMEP is a not-for-profit 501c3 organization, an NIST MEP affiliate, sponsored by SEMEP in cooperation with the South Carolina Broadcasters Association. and Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, on Talk 94.5.
1: Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host. As we venture into another two-hour excursion discussing the events of the day, a um, little David Gray for you, a little something for the pain. I believe uh, Democrats need a little something for the pain this week. They might uh, need some hospital food. Yeah, they Hospital food. Give me a little something for the pain. I can I can hear Nancy saying it now. Poor Nancy. Aunt, poor Aunt Nancy. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, what is it? It's, uh, bear with me, 735, excuse me, on your Saturday morning, Saturday, February the 8th. This is Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Welcome back. Hope you guys are getting your Saturday morning going. Uh, we've had a few of you check in already on the text line. Always encouraged to see uh, people up and energized on Saturday morning. Bob texted in, Morning, Bob, with a, with a question. What is a closed primary? We referred to that in the uh, prior segment. Closed primary is basically a primary that only the people who can vote in the primary are people who are registered uh, for the party of that primary. So if you have a Democratic primary to determine who's going to be the, prim- uh, the general election candidate for the Democratic Party, then only registered Democratic voters uh, can vote in that primary. And, of course, a variation on that is you let people who are non-affiliated or registered as independent uh, to vote in the primary of their choice, but not to vote in multiple primaries. But the general idea is you corral uh, registered voters who are registered by party uh, into the primary of their party and not allow them to cross over, don't allow them to cross over and vote uh, in another party's primary because usually – the motives are nefarious when that occurs and so we don't uh, generally want to see that it happens a lot frankly it's happened a lot in south carolina politics where democrats have been accused of uh, crossing over and voting in the Republican. Uh, really? Fr- oh, yeah! I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, that, I can't imagine, imagine that. that would ever be an organized effort to do that. Yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine that that would happen here in South Carolina. Hey, Reese Andy, the bass
2: player, also texted in on the pcrxcomputers.com text line that he's enjoying Saturday morning coffee and doing some Saturday income tax work.
1: I heard that. I saw uh, that. Andy, thank you for uh, thank you for doing your part. And, I've started uh, my we, taxes. We we yeah. uh, we uh, we, uh, we appreciate that and. Um, and would love to see a simple form that we could fill out on the back of a postcard. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's coming, right?
1: Uh, you know, I, we've heard about it so many times. So many candidates on the campaign trail uh, have said that, Glenn. And, and uh, hopefully one day, if I will say this, let me go on record. If I am l- ever elected president, the postcard return will be a thing of the a fact. It will no longer be a thing of fiction. It will be a thing of fact. But
2: Well, with the $26,000 Exempt. Did I, did uh, exemption. It, yes yeah. um it should make a, a lot of Americans have a lot easier time doing their taxes because oh, for sure Absolutely. you know, if you just Absolutely. if you just own a home yeah. and you're just a normal guy, you're not paying you know twenty six thousand dollars in 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 interest, so uh you yeah know, most it should people, make it most lot people don't
1: need to itemize anymore yep. And, yep and and that that greatly simplifies. so I think the
2: postcard thing is coming,
1: yeah I think I hope so yeah. i hope so I'm, I'm I'm still waiting for the actual postcard, yeah, though, but right. we'll see but um it's uh it's a um I lost my train of thought. So we're uh, we're in the midst of many things uh, happening here in the world. And one of the things that uh, Democrats uh, dealt with this week was a State of the Union address um, by the president that I thought was just masterful. And one of the things that uh, was just wonderful about it, frankly, was the fact that the um, there was very little to criticize, Mm -hmm. you know, very little to criticize the the president, as we were discussing uh, before the break. And um, we've actually um, uh, I've got I wanted to highlight one thing from the uh, from the, the speech, but there was very little to criticize the president. And I think that was speaking of our crazy aunt Nancy, you know, when she was back behind him and, mm-hmm. and she what was with the mouth and the? Well, she's the had pers- her same
2: poppy seed stuck in her, tongue, in her lips. teeth yeah, since like, last year. And who did she keep talking to? I don't know. I was thinking maybe her polygrip was, you uh, you know. You know and it was just,
1: it literally looked, I mean, she literally looked like the crazy aunt mm-hmm. that you keep in the attic and yep. you sort of wheel her downstairs when, when company comes mm-hmm. and you sit her in the corner in the chair and she just kind of sits there and fidgets while company is in the room. Right. I, I, I could not for the life of me figure out what she was doing. And then occasionally she would be mouthing mm-hmm. to, to certain people in the audience. And I, and it was just, it was, it was just weird. I mean the vice president was sitting behind the president and he was affixed yeah. on the president and yep. just focused and it's hard to pay attention to somebody when you're looking at the back of their head. Yeah. But the but the vice president was just like a laser beam focused on the president. Every every word that he said did not allow himself to be distracted while you know nancy to his left is sitting there i mean she's doing the new york times crossword she's talking to her <laughs> friends she's texting you know pre-tearing the pages yeah oh and that was before, pre-tearing the pages that is an important point that was before yeah that was before she started destroying um government property yep. and records of the house so it's just really bizarre by the way um the uh the ethics complaint that we referred to earlier let me let me scroll to that but let me just say this you know the the interesting thing about the president's uh speech is again i would say as a speech it may not have been the best speech you know as a as a as a as a as a work of speechifying if i can use that word okay. as a, as, a, as an address the rhetorical you know it wasn't a it wasn't like the Gettysburg Address. Right. You know, people right. will not study this speech a hundred years from now. You know, when Lincoln stood up and he said, Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived yep. in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Wow, very good. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, you know, that was a work of art. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, it's, it, it's interesting that, um, you know, I've, I've heard the story that he wrote the speech on the back of a napkin on the train on the way to Gettysburg. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's actually completely true or not but you know the interesting thing is it's probably one of the best political speeches right. as a literary work that's ever been written i mean so the, the state of the union this year is not going to go down in history as one of the greatest literary speeches that's ever been written but as a political as a political exercise it was masterful i mean mm-hmm. it was it was incredible and he just because all he did was he laid out his accomplishments and how do you argue with the accomplishments? that he and and not even any he almost laid them out in a sort of understated fashion right you know he didn't he didn't have to beat the drum that hard all he had to do was just kind of you know just uh you know years of economic decay are over uh african american unemployment at all time lows hispanic unemployment all time lows unemployment people you know uh you know people joining the work- workforce instead of you know people going off welfare people yeah. joining the workforce i mean yeah. how do you argue I mean, there was nothing that you can really argue about.
2: And, and I think his accomplishments of what really puts Nancy Pelosi over the top. I mean, they went down that rabbit hole. She led them. Um and it backfired i think that his base has grown i think the base is stronger i think the support for the president his numbers are up he's got has the highest approval rating since he's been president (laughs) (laughs) after all (laughs) that the
1: the approval rating just keeps going Uh, up and up again i keep i keep using that example but the uh the it reminds me of the wkrp uh (laughs) in cincinnati episode where they were trying to demonstrate that drinking you know extends your your reaction time and and uh, and Dr. Fevers drinking online, and his reaction time just keeps getting better. Yeah. You know, the more <laughs> they, the more they attack him, uh, his approval, approval numbers. Uh, just keep going up. Uh, Susan texted in. She believes Pelosi is senile. She she s- shows all the signs, and she did. Frankly, uh, you're right, Susan. She showed the signs. She looked distracted. She was staring off into the distance. Uh, it was really, it was really, frankly, uh, bizarre. Wow. Um, that's a, that's quite the text there, Susan, on the
2: pcrxcomputers.com text line. Uh, I spent years with my mother who had dementia, and many around her. And uh, memory care, Pelosi has all the signs. She she
1: really wow. looked at, She she really looked uh, like the crazy aunt in the attic. Yeah. But at the end of the uh, speech, of course, and the interesting thing about the speech, I thought, was that there was nothing to criticize. Really, right. I mean, he he did nothing. Um, he, as I said, he almost understated his accomplishments, but spoke of them in a matter of fact manner, mm-hmm. truthful. Factual, professionally, professional, mm-hmm. did not, did not, uh, did not grandstand, nope. but um, one of the things that I thought was masterful about that is it, it left the Democrats with nothing. It would, they were left seething in the chamber with nothing but their hatred for the man. Yep, and and that sort of, and you could see that, you could see, you could feel the, the, the division hatred, in the room, the yeah. hatred in yeah. the room, and you know, to to see the president sitting there speaking about African American employment, unemployment at a historic all-time never recorded any lower than yeah. it is now and to see certain congressmen like let's say congressman Jim Clyburn yeah. African American from South Carolina sitting there staring at him with his arms crossed like he needs a roll aid yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean they how couldn't do you, they couldn't celebrate anything that he
2: said no, yeah, there, there was not one thing that they stand so, up
1: for but uh, anyway, we've got, uh, let's see, we've got, uh, us, oh. <laughs> oh. sorry about that. Well, we've got. I think we've got a call. Uh, is uh, our friend Ferris on the line, Glenn? Uh, Ferris is on the line. Ferris, you there?
3: Yes, good morning.
1: Ferris, what's, uh, what's your comment this morning? How are you doing?
3: Well, it's, it's kind of a wintry morning here in Devedue.
1: Uh, it's a little chilly out. There was frost on my windshield this morning. I was surprised to see that, uh, 36 degrees on the uh, on the uptick. But I think we're moving in the right direction, so hopefully it'll warm up a little bit.
3: Kind of a severe change after getting off the cruise ship, uh, Harmony of the Seas.
1: Where did, where did you cruise to?
3: we went down the Caribbean. We left out of uh, Port Canaveral, and the Harmony of the Seas had 10,000 people on it. Oh, wow. And no,
1: I mean, <clears throat> no Corona, no coronavirus reported. I hope.
3: Well, uh, no, we got off yeah. the boat on yeah. Groundhog Day. The uh, Groundhog Day in uh, Port Canaveral. Went over to the, swung by the villages to visit some friends there, and got back. But it is a little wintry here in Tevedo. Yeah, you know, have you been to Tevedo?
1: Oh yeah, many times.
3: My goodness, I just recently decided to move there, so. Uh, i I'm fascinated by the place, as I am fascinated by the uh, the villages in Florida. It's a colossal development. You use the word masterful to talk about trump's speech and and I've asked all of all of my group to to pick an adjective or two to describe that state of the union message, and masterful keeps coming up quite often and that's mm. what it was and we We know that it was written by Steve Miller we knew that it was uh uh, produced by, or produced by Steve Miller and delivered by Trump, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And and the theater around it was 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 fantastic. But I called to talk about all or the first three of your topics: Super Bowl, Iowa Hawkeye, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And number three, of course, is the uh, the uh, State of the Union message. But on the Super Bowl, I'd like a question and a brief discussion. Did you see this halftime show?
1: Yeah, I was actually uh, going to get to that. We skipped that. You're going to get uh, to that. We'll get okay. to that.
3: Yeah. Well, let's see how we get to that later, because that signals the collapse of, of the nation mm. which has occurred and, and which cannot be turned around so let me go to the second topic. Yeah.
1: Well, is, a good the, <clears throat> excuse me the uh the music in the background tells me we are headed into a hard break but stick around we'll uh, hang on through the break if you would if you can stick with us we'll be right back with more saturday morning coffee right after these messages don't leave town
0: Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday Morning Coffee on Talk 94.5. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice, at the same old lies trying to fill the same old holes inside,
3: there's a better life, there's a better
0: life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker, if you feel low.
1: Mm, Yes, he is. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Reese Boyd, Radio Hour, Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for hanging with us on your Saturday morning. Speaking of chain breaking, Glenn, there was a lot of chains being broken at the uh, Super Bowl for the halftime show. J-Lo and uh, Shakira were busting loose. Yeah, they were. Busting loose. They were were. unrestrained. Their chains were broken. You know, it's funny. We were uh, watching the game, and it was an outstanding football game. Uh, Just a really excellent – And how can you argue – with uh, the team owner and Andy Rooney, the coach, and just uh, it just uh, what a group out of Kansas City, yeah. and I, we were kind of we got uh, on a on a rabbit uh, trail with our sort of disdain for San, uh, for uh, San Francisco, and it really is hard to root for San Francisco in the age of Nancy Pelosi. When I was a kid, uh, you know, um, San Francisco was a, wasn't my favorite team, but certainly uh, Joe Montana, just guys that I looked up to. That played on that team. It was a it was a a team that I I did uh, enjoy uh, pulling for. Uh, And so and uh, but in the age of Pelosi, it's just hard to get And San Francisco. I've been to San Francisco several times in my lifetime, but wouldn't take my family to San Francisco today for any (laughs) amount of money. Like you you said before the break, it's a it's, it's a cesspool. Yeah, it is an absolute. It's like as Trump would refer to those third world countries it's yep. one of those s-hole countries it's yep. a it's an s-hole county yeah, and take it, it, them to kansas city much yeah, better yeah you can go get a good steak and uh and you don't have to step over urine on your way into your hotel yeah and so you can't imagine you can't <laughs> argue
2: with the, the 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 level that the kansas city chiefs played oh yeah um i Phenomenal. have a, i Phenomenal. have a, I have a kansas city chiefs polo yeah. shirt that was given to me yeah i actually put it on to root them on And I I looked in the mirror. I looked like I work at McDonald's. (laughs) I mean, the colors
1: are hideous. The colors are not great. The colors are not great. But it was a good game. But, you know, the interesting thing, and we were talking with our caller Ferris a little bit about this before the break. And, you know, we were watching the game. I was in with a a large, several families, many young children. And the halftime show uh, comes on. And mm-hmm. and suddenly everybody's scrambling like oh my gosh where are the kids they can't yeah. be we can't we they don't need to see this I mean it was like a it was like a pole dance
2: we are seeing pole dancing at the Super Bowl it in was twenty twenty
1: yeah. I'm like you know do we really do we, do it's a no.
2: rhetorical question do no. we need that no, no we don't and and you know Jay Z um, and his group uh, took over the Super Bowl uh, halftime production so I, I can't imagine that we're going to see more of this no I mean, and
1: you know for a couple of years now several years actually i've really struggled with my allegiance to the nfl because so many of the players have made poli- uh, po- politics an issue in football i don't i don't tune in to the nfl on sunday afternoons to watch players kneel in support of the causes that i care about right. i don't i don't do that for that. Right. I, I tune into the nfl to watch football i tune in to watch good football players run fast and chase one another and run into each other and just knock the ever living crap out of each other because it's fun to watch. (laughs) It's a great game. It is a great game. It is an absolutely wonderful American game. It celebrates everything that we, you know, not everything, but it's, it's, it's mom, apple pie, Chevrolet, everything. It's, 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 it's as an American. It's not, you know, not anymore. I'm, I'm talking about the football ideal of my youth. I mean, the NFL today is as has ventured as as far from that about as you can venture and still call it football right so for some time but the the uh halftime show was just i mean it was ridiculous and you should be able to take uh your child to a um uh to an nfl game including the super bowl without having to fear for okay what are we going to do with the kids during halftime that shouldn't be something that we should be worried about you're absolutely right? right i mean why is this a question?
2: It's Super Bowl Sunday. We've got too much to worry about. We've got the food, the drink, the entertainment, you know, the friends coming over, and then we have to worry about where are the kids yeah. and what they're watching. I
1: yeah. mean, if you want to see that, if you want to see that, there are certain channels yep. on your cable provider, yep. I'm sure, where you can find as much of that as you want to see. Yep. God bless you and the Yankees. <laughs> go have fun. Or if you want to go see that in person, you can go to Vegas or any. I mean, you can go downtown Myrtle Beach. Seaboard Street. Yeah, Seaboard yeah. Street. Yeah. You can find entertainment along those lines if that's what you're in the market for, but do we have to see it during the Super Bowl? So, uh, so we. But uh, we were talking with Ferris before the break. Ferris, are you still with us? Did you hang through the break? Uh, oh we, sure. No, oh, he's here. Uh, so you had a comment about the uh, about that. Did you watch the Super Bowl, Ferris, from the well, uh, from the uh, luxury confines of your stateroom on aboard the Carnival Cruise Lines, or were you back in town?
3: Uh, we got back in about high noon on uh, Groundhog Day Sunday. Okay. Was it Sunday? Yeah. It was 2-2.
1: Yeah, 2-2. Okay, so you made it back. And,
3: uh, yeah, we got up to the Villages in time for the game.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: it was easy. We were up to the Villages by noon, yeah. Port Canaveral to the Villages. Pretty short drive. But I I had a comment uh, about the Super Bowl, and I already made it. But, but first I started with a question that it's always good to – to uh, go on the talk show with a question for the host, see? Like, did you see Stump the, the halftime show? Yes. Oh, no, it's, you're not stumping anybody. <laughs> Please, this is not adversarial. Yeah. You're, uh, people make it adversarial, uh, present company included. And this is not a competition between a caller broadcaster and a host broadcaster. This is an attempt to get through to, the, to lowly listeners, something about information and education And awareness. And Mm -hmm. I asked the question, did you see the Super Bowl show? You say you'll address it later. You can address it later because you are a Christian man we well, we're, we're talking
1: I don't know if you were hearing but we were we were talking about it uh,
3: I hear everything yeah I hear yeah,
1: everything. yeah we were yeah. talking about it just now I, I did watch okay. it and I was of I was very I, I was very it. disappointed by it okay
3: good let's get off it because we addressed it people can think about it you can dwell on it later because you're you're you have a head on your shoulders you are you have a doctoral law degree okay you you, you have taken logic you can understand things you're a bright man okay but but the listeners need our help in this regard so let's go on to topic two I I uh, State of the Union messages, and it relates to why you're like Dennis Prager. The value of you is to talk about the moral issues, okay? And that's what makes Prager great, and that's why Prager and I do very well on WTKN. I want like mm-hmm. to thank TKN for yeah, giving I, us a I, show like Prager. I course.
1: love Prager. I love Prager.
4: Now, sure, you can do because you got to go.
1: Well, that's a hard break, folks. Ferris, thanks for the phone call. Y'all stick with us. Um, Thanks for your call, Ferris. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors and more Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town.
0: Saturday Morning Coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. This is WTKN 94.5. Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. Talk 94.5. The new conservative alternative. Label saying it could easily be used. Thanks for waking up with Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.
3: I don't believe it. Don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, Sugar. Tell them who we are. Well, we're big
1: rock singers, we got golden fingers And we're loved everywhere we go That sounds like us We sing about beauty and we sing about truth At $10,000 a show Right We take all kind of pills to give us
3: all kind of thrills But the thrill we never know (laughs) Is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture On the cover of the Rolling Stone
1: good morning everybody I welcome back to Saturday morning coffee the Reese Boyd radio hour this is the second bonus cup hour of Saturday morning coffee welcome back if you're enjoying the second bonus cup hour Call the station. Talk to Bob Keller. Tell him you'd like to sponsor the second hour of uh, Saturday Morning Coffee. We'd love to hear from you. Back uh, before the break, we were talking to our uh, friend Ferris and um, a couple of interesting points about the masterful State of the Union. You know, it was a masterful speech, as, uh, Ferris, uh, obse- as we've observed, as Ferris agreed. And, you know, interesting thing, uh, I thought it was so masterful because it wasn't a- he didn't spike the football. and uh, he didn't do a lot of things that he could have done but he um, he let the facts speak for themselves you know in the courtroom the best lawyering is done when you just let the facts speak for themselves when the facts when the facts are on your side use them and I think that's what the president uh, did interestingly enough when it took a really strange turn at the end uh, at that the uh, conclusion of the president's speech when the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, stood up and ceremoniously tore up the speech that the president had just read. I mentioned earlier in the show that uh, there was an ethics complaint. I'm holding here in my hands a copy of the uh, actual ethics, a copy of the actual ethics complaint filed by Matt Gates, member of Congress. And uh, Gates alleges in the ethics uh, complaint that he's filed against the speaker that uh, according to 18 USC 2071 this is an actual uh, federal statute <clears throat> which uh, says whoever willfully mutilates obliterates destroys etc any record proceeding paper document book map or other thing filed or deposited with any clerk or officer of any clerk in any of the United States in any public office or with any judicial or public officer of the United States, shall be fined under this title, imprisoned, not more than three years, or both. And then the part, subpart B says, whoever having custody of any such record, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, will, who willfully uh, conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, or falsifies, or destroys the same, shall be fined under this title, or imprisoned, not more than three years, or both, and shall forfeit his office, and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States, so that's a very uh, little interesting wrinkle on uh, what uh, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, clearly she did.
0: There's yeah. no,
1: there's no debating that she did it. She did it on national television, right in front of everybody. And I think she, I mean, she did it obviously with the intent that she would be seen, and uh, she was. It was, uh, I think, her her awfully poor judgment, uh, a, a a a a complete epic fail. Attempt at uh, political theater, but it, it obviously has backfired. I don't think there's anybody. I mean, poll ten thousand of your closest and dearest friends, and you won't find two who would tell you that was a smart idea. Right. Um, but in any event, she did it, and now Gates has filed this ethics uh, complaint against her, which cites 18 U.S.C. 2071, which is pretty clear, and and pretty frank pretty stark actually i know not just to be fined and imprisoned but to lose your job with the united states government whatever that doesn't clarify oh if you're speaker by the of the house it doesn't matter yeah Uh, it just says you will lose your job And the interesting thing I noticed in some photos that went around uh, the Internet, she had pre-torn the pages. Yep. So as we lawyers would say, it was clearly a premeditated act. (laughs) Wasn't something that she did in the fit of passion, in the height of her emotional anger, in her clearly deranged state, which she clearly was deranged. But it's going to be hard uh, to raise that as a defense in uh, in the uh, proceeding, whatever proceeding may arise, because – She tore the pages in advance. And the the question that I had that was, I think, a critical question, you know, was the document that she tore, was it the official copy that the White House delivers to the House and says, hey, folks, here is the State of the Union? Because I, you know, go back to my days. uh, My first job out of law school was working as a clerk uh, in the governor's office. And so or a lawyer, a young lawyer in the governor's office. I had actually been a clerk during law school. And when I graduated from law school, I was a, a legal counsel to the governor, junior counsel, but and one of the jobs that we would do is when the governor, uh, Carol Campbell, at the time would deliver the State of the Union address, we would have an official copy of the state, not State of the Union, State of the State, pardon me, strike that. Uh, and it would have his official seal on it mm-hmm. and it would have his signature. It was an official record of the state of South Carolina and we would deliver that i mean that would there would be a little ceremonious little pouch the courier would run that over uh, to the uh, to the to the general assembly and it would be received as an official record i mean all of those documents i'm sure are in the archives the state mm-hmm. archives to this day and there they shall remain their state property that's that's my understanding <laughs> as well and so but in addition to that we would have a copy bound you know little tape binding mm-hmm. you know little little booklet kind of bound copy That we would make, I say we, the governor's office would make for every member of the General Assembly so that everybody would have their, you know, souvenir copy of the state of the state and they could follow along as the governor was making his remarks. So the the key question is, you know, was it a copy? Was it a courtesy copy? I'm sure every member of the House probably got an official looking copy Mm -hmm. uh, to have in their personal. I'm sure Jim Clyburn is holding his close, cherishing it right now, even as we speak. They all got their own copy. But. So the document that Nancy Pelosi tore, was it a personal copy that she was given or was it the official? I mean, because I looked at it, um, it looked like, you know, but you can't tell. I mean, it looked like the real deal, but who knows? I mean, it could have easily been a copy. I'm sure they made fancy copies for uh, the Congress folk. But in any any event, I think the key question is, was the document that she tore up a personal copy that was delivered to Nancy Pelosi? Uh, And if so... This is no big deal.
2: Well, the president delivered it to her. I mean, it was laying on the podium when he walked up. He gave one to the vice president and one to her. So I would think it would be an official document. I would, and, that's
1: an interesting question. I yeah. don't know. So, but if it is an official, if it is the official copy, because the the, the copy given to the vice president—remember, the vice president is not an officer of the house. So, right. if that was the official copy, that <clears throat> excuse me, that the president gave to the house, right? Then yes, yeah. then that is an official record that's a proper that's an his as I've already said, I think it was an historic speech.
2: Yeah, the fine won't hurt her. The the losing the losing oh, her job the fine Will. she can handle. Uh she she makes two hundred and twenty three thousand five hundred dollars a year. yeah She's been a lifetime political person and she's worth twenty six point four million dollars.
1: You know you can easily you can easily achieve a net worth of twenty five million making two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> exactly that's that's, that's that's chump change, yeah. Glenn So that's the interesting question, and I wonder if uh, we'll get to the bottom of that. It'll be curious to see how that sorts itself out. Of course, the House Ethics Committee is under the control of the Democratic establishment, as is the entire mechanism of the House of Representatives, because they are the majority party. So don't get your hopes up, but we'll see what happens. It's a very uh, interesting argument. The other thing I wanted to say about... uh, Uh, Of course, the State of the Union uh, followed uh, close on the heels this week by the impeachment vote in the Senate, which was very, uh, very um, interesting and uh, very uh, partisan. There was one exception. Uh, I call this update, by the way, the tale of two senators. And I wanted to share with you guys, of course, Mitt Romney was the lone uh, Republican to vote vote. For the impeachment uh, articles, and he voted for one of two. Of course, there were two articles of impeachment one for abuse of power, and the other was uh, obstruction of Congress. So, no Republican senator uh, voted, and of course, they weren't even close. They didn't have a majority, much less the supermajority that they needed. So, both articles of impeachment went down in flames. How'd that go again? In flames. And uh, so we've got an interesting story of uh, two statements we'll compare and contrast after the break. Uh, Statements from Kelly Loeffler and uh, from our own Pierre Delecto, Mitch uh, Romney, Mitch, Mitt Romney. But we'll get to that after the break. Stick with us. It's an interesting uh, contrast in the way two senators responded to that vote. Uh, but don't leave town. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee after these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back.
0: Look up, child. Hey, look up, child. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. One, two,
1: three.
3: And there ain't a thing in the world to take me back like a dark-haired girl.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host. Thanks for sticking with us as we get through the second bonus cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. Hope you're enjoying a fine cup of coffee this morning. We're here to help you get your Saturday morning off on the right foot. And um, lots to talk about, a lot going on in the world. We've already talked about a lot today. Much more to get to. Just before the break, we were talking about uh, two reactions to the impeachment vote in the Senate, which, of course, as we all uh, knew in advance, went down in smothering flame <laughs> as a partisan disaster, that, as the partisan disaster that it was. Uh, but there were two interesting comments that I saw, two statements. Of course, we had uh, Pierre Delecto, mm. uh, who issued a just a phenomenally uh, nausea-inducing uh, diatribe from the well of the senate that was just an exercise in uh self-aggrandizing ego stroking uh, self pufferizing i mean just I, I, I literally just wanted to puke i'm like really just sit down cast your silly vote make it you know give them an excuse to call this a nonpartisan effort sit down and shut up yeah oh my gosh he said believe this or not um and I found it hard to believe. You know, he said the president's purpose was personal and political. Accordingly, the president is guilty of an appalling abuse of public trust. Yeah, I mean it's the most absurd and can I say as nine? Ass nine statement yeah, that yeah. we uh, the George Carlin's seven dirty words do not include the term as nine. No, they do not. Um, you know, just a, a remarkably, phenomenally ignorant thing to say among just a whole stream, a, a stream of. Of, of ignorant consciousness that you just puked out in the well of the Senate. Of course, the pre, every president has multiple purposes. And of course, the president's purpose was personal and political. We elect political figures to be president. We elect political leaders to be president, but because we want them to act on a political agenda. And if you want the president to act on a political agenda that is communist vote for bernie sanders we vote for people because they have an agenda does donald trump have an agenda yes of course donald trump has an agenda does that mean he's excluded from office no that's the most insane the the idea that he would even say that is just baffling and but then to say that his agenda was personal and political and that, accordingly, he's guilty of an appalling abuse of the public trust. Every president to date, every president to date has done, <clears throat> excuse me, frog in my throat, uh, every president to date on record has done many things, as we've talked about at length on the show, I'm not going to go through all of them again, that are, you know, far more um, heavy handed than what the president is even alleged to have done on this Ukrainian phone call. And let me say this, you know, if the president had called the president of Ukraine and said, hey, you know, I'm concerned that you guys are investigating this. And we know you might be concerned about corruption, but we want you to kind of just look the other way. okay? we want you to look that we don't want you to dig. No, no, there's nothing to see here. Just keep moving along. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. There's really nothing to see here, Mister President. Just no, no, don't, don't. You don't need to investigate. <laughs> that then, <clears throat> and if that sort of um, request, we'll call it a request, assertion, demand, call it whatever you want. If that sort of um, suggestion was was put in the context of hey, you might not get these javelin missiles unless you do what I say, that would be an entirely That would be an entirely different story. okay? but look at it. Look at what actually happened. What the president said is, look, we're giving you money. We're concerned about corruption. We want to be sure that you're investigating these things. We hear this Burisma operation is corrupt as the day is long. And we want you guys to look into it. We're we are, after all, sending you guys money, which, by the way, is your money. You guys are sending money to the federal government, and the federal government, in its magnificent benevolence, (laughs) is sending it around the world. It's your money. And so what the president did was say, look, I'm sending you a bunch of money, and I just want you to look into corruption. That, in essence, is what it boils down to. Y'all, not only is there nothing wrong with it, he was simply doing his job. And if it, if it falls under the category of his political opponents happen to be the victims of that investigation, well, then so be it. They shouldn't be corrupt. That's the problem. They want to be shielded from corruption because they are the political opponents of the man who got elected. Well, that's crazy. That's nonsense. And so, you know, all the president did was encourage Ukraine to investigate bad things. There's not only is there nothing wrong with it, he was doing his job. It would be malfeasance for any government officer to send billions of dollars to a foreign country without being concerned about corruption. Simple as that. And so and by the way, compare that to what Joe Biden did. Joe Biden said, hey, (laughs) fire the prosecutor today or you won't get the billion dollars. I mean, Joe Biden did exactly the other side of the coin which is wrong yeah but we don't want to look into that but we don't care about that and 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 consider the your your the prior administration i love during the state of the union how the president kept referring to the prior administration another example of how he understated his uh, his assault on uh, on everything wrong with the world but compare the prior administration who flies in a C-130 into Tehran and drops a billion and a half of your dollars. Let's keep reminding ourselves whose dollars are getting floated around the world. They're your dollars. They're your money. Your tax dollars that are sent to D.C. that it, in its benevolent, magnificent generosity, spreads it around the world. So they send it to Iran in the you know under cover of darkness. Very little in the way of strings attached and. Who knows what all that money has been spent for? And that was will, cash. Yeah. We will <laughs> never know. The, the reality is we will never know where all that money went. Right. And if you and I knew, if we knew exactly where every... And it would, it would take us a long time to build a list because we're talking about a billion and a half dollars mm-hmm. in hard currency. If we knew everything that was bought or purchased with that money, people would be marching in the streets. Oh, and yeah. They would be marching in the streets. Yeah. So... Just remember that uh, what the president did was simply um, encouraging another country to investigate corruption. Keep that in mind. But uh, compare the remarks of uh, 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 Mitt Romney, Pierre Delecto, which were just pablum, puking, nauseating. To that, those of Senator Kelly Loeffler, a junior senator from Georgia who I think has a bright, bright future in the U.S. Senate, she said, for the past two weeks in one of my first acts as U.S. Senator, I sat as a juror, serving as a juror during an impeachment is a solemn duty. I took my oath to uphold that duty in the Constitution very seriously. On Wednesday, though, I made one of the easiest decisions of my life. I voted against the articles of impeachment and acquitted President Trump of any and all wrongdoing. As I sat and listened to the House Democrat managers make their arguments, a long and winding diatribe of distortions and puzzling patchwork of cherry-picked hearsay, I quickly came to realize a simple but profound truth. This is exactly why people are fed up with Washington, D.C. Instead of building on the success of our booming economy to create even more jobs, Democrats have spent months wasting time on impeachment. And then she talks about um, all the things that the uh, Congress has not done while they have been uh, wasting time on impeachment. She says, if you think about it, the sham impeachment hearing really isn't all that surprising. It was just another fabricated fairy tale aimed at unseating a duly elected president. The truth is Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and the rest of the Democratic Party have been trying to impeach the president from the day he was sworn in on January 20th, 2017. That is absolutely correct. The rest of the speech was just spot on. I hope you guys will look it up. I'll try to post a link to it on our Facebook page. But uh, good for you, Senator, um, Senator Loeffler from Georgia. Uh, Excellent uh, piece. And uh, we'll be looking for more uh, great stuff from her in the future. Speaking of great stuff in the future, stick with us. We've got yet another half hour of Saturday morning coffee coming your way after these words from our sponsors. Don't leave town. We'll be right back.
2: I will stay with you
3: We'll make it to the other side Like lovers do
0: I'll reach my hands out The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Are you a local golfer? Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. full hours on Talk 94.5.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am your host, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis & Boyd, Attorneys at Law. Let us know if we can help you out with any of your legal needs. And uh, while you're at it, feel free to call in and share your comments with us on the show. A lot going on, a lot we've been talking about, and much more to try to get to in this uh, two-hour episode of Saturday Morning Coffee. You can call us with your comments at uh, 843-903-2945. Eight zero eight four three nine zero three two nine four five, or you can text us at the pcrxcomputers.com text line that number is eight84 three seven nine eight talk eight four three seven nine eight eight two five five, and uh, you can also email your questions to me at Reese Boyd SMC at gmail.com just for the break we were continuing to discuss uh, reactions to the impeachment vote and, of course, the dominoes continue to fall. Of course, uh, you've probably heard over the break uh, during the program in the newsfeed that, among other things, uh, Gordon Sondland, ambassador to the European Union from the United States, has now been fired. Uh, Gordon Sondland, of course, one of the knuckleheads who testified in a rather uh, self-serving fashion, in my opinion, that uh, he was Somewhat aware that he thought there might have been heard from a friend who heard it from a friend who thought there might have been a quid pro quo at work in the relation between Trump and the uh, president of the Ukraine. Uh, Mr. Sondland is uh, now going to be uh, furthering the education of other communities. He said in a statement, I was advised today that the president intends to recall me effective immediately as the U.S. ambassador to the European, European Union, he said. Uh, Suunderland testified in President Trump's impeachment trial this is from Breitbart.com. Sununderland testified in President Trump's impeach, impeachment trial, excuse me, y'all, informing members of Congress that in his mind he felt that there was a quid pro quo relationship between the president's decision to halt aid to Ukraine and convincing Ukrainian officials to announce an investigation into Hunter Biden and the corrupt gas company Burisma. So, Hunter. Uh, so, Gordon Sonlin, one down, many more to go. Also uh, on his way out the door are Alexander Vindman. Uh, hello, Vindman. <laughs> um, uh, one of the more puzzling witnesses that the House uh, brought forward in uh, in the Schiff uh, investigative proceedings was, of course, Lieutenant Co- Co- Colonel Alexander uh, Vindman, a key witness. This also from Breitbart.com. In the And in the House Democrats' partisan impeachment inquiry was fired from the National Security Council and escorted out of the White House on Friday. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. CNN first reported this on Friday. Vindman's attorney, David Pressman, confirmed... That his client's termination and subsequent uh, removal from the White House was a done deal. Today, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vinman was escorted out of the White House, where he was dutif- where he has dutifully served his country, and his president. He does so, having spoken publicly and only pursuant to a subpoena from the U.S. Congressmen, uh, from the U.S. Congress. You know, it, it, the guy has a really there, there's a lot about Vinman and his brother. By the way, his brother also uh, lost his job. So uh, the Venmans are uh, taking it on the cheek, uh, but his uh, uh, Alexander Lieutenant Colonel, uh, you will address me as Lieutenant Colonel Venman. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the I li- remember that. Yeah, yeah. The Lieutenant Colonel, who revealed himself to be a, a, a true one-off knucklehead <laughs> uh, during his testimony, by the way. Uh, his brother uh, apparently now has also taken a fall, oh. Army, Army Lieutenant Colonel Yevgeny Vinman. An ethics lawyer for the NSC, that's the National Security Council, an ethics lawyer, of all things, for the NSC, was also dismissed from his job uh, today. That would have been Friday, February 7. This, of course, uh, a tweet from uh, Jennifer Jacobs, but it was widely reported in uh, numerous uh, news sources. So both of the Vindman brothers looking for new career opportunities, it seems. And uh, there's probably more to come, frankly, but as uh, President uh, Barack Obama has uh, said, ladies and gentlemen, elections have consequences, Uh, actions have consequences, testimony has consequences. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, switching gears a little bit, I want to give you guys an update on the uh, coronavirus, the Wuhan uh, flu outbreak, and of course, uh, news breaking this morning, uh, the first report of a United States citizen to to die from the uh, coronavirus. Now, this United States citizen, was in the Chinese city of Wuhan, embassy officials said Saturday, marking the first known American death, that's today, from the outbreak that has now killed hundreds. The patient was aged 60, died in a local hospital. Again, this is in Wuhan, China, not here in these United States. Uh, the U.S. embassy in Beijing said it declined to describe more details out of respect for the family's privacy. The corona virus emerged in Wuhan in December and has killed 724 people worldwide, mostly in China, where it has trapped residents at home and paralyzed the world's second largest economy outside mainland China. It has raced across continents, infecting tens of thousands in 27 countries and territories. Uh, That, again, from CNN this morning, that's breaking news. Uh, This death just being confirmed by the U.S. Embassy in Beijing today. Um, found this bit on the South China Morning Post top party bosses sent to an angry Wuhan as China reports 86 new deaths. As the Chinese government scrambles to contain the outbreak, the contagion has spread to at least 24 other countries, sickening more than 270 outside of China. New deaths have brought the national death toll to 722 as of Friday. Chen Yizhen, currently General Secretary of the Central Political and Legal Affairs Commission, Previously, party head in Wuhan, as well as deputy party secretary for Hubei, has been sent to Wuhan to serve as deputy head of central directing group on Hubei, according to Teora Notes, a social media outlet affiliated with the Economic Daily. Joining Chen in Wuhan is the health commission's Wang Hashing, who has been serving on the central team directing the response to the coronavirus outbreak, the dispatch of two senior cadres to Wuhan following the announcement on Friday that the ruling Communist Party's top anti-corruption body was also sending investigators to the city to probe issues related to the whistleblower uh, Dr. Li Wen-Lang who also has died of the uh, Corona virus outbreak. There was an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal You know the doctor who first blew the whistle on the uh, Wuhan coronavirus, has now himself passed away. Doctor dies from, Verona, from virus he warned of. This from the paper uh, of the uh, Wall Street Journal, February 7, Friday edition. It says, uh, Wuhan, China, Chinese doctor who became a folk hero after he was arrested for warning others about the dangers of the dead, deadly new virus now spreading around the world, died on Friday after becoming infected. Mm. Li Lang, a 33-year-old ophthalmologist based in Wuhan, the epicenter of the outbreak, had captivated the country and triggered an extraordinary outpouring of emotion as he ailed. In social media posts, many Chinese directed their frustration at government officials who believe many didn't respond quickly enough, despite clear evidence of the developing epidemic. Millions of people flocked to live stream about Dr. Lee that was run by uh, local media outside the hospital where he was being treated. An all-out effort to save him was unsuccessful. The hospital said, we deeply uh, grieve the loss. And, of course, the reports uh, are becoming more and more widespread that the Communist Party and the local apparatus in China failed to adequately uh, warn um, outsiders about the dangers of the Wuhan virus until it was too late. And there is uh, some question, I think, as to whether or not um, the virus could have been more aggressively contained if the Chinese uh, apparatus, the power structure in China, including the the Chinese Communist Party, um, would have been more forthcoming. So we'll see how that all sorts itself out. Um, uh, On December 30, Dr. Lee, this continuing with the article, an interview with the Communist Party-controlled Beijing Youth Newspaper in late January. Dr. Lee recalls seeing reports in December of an unusual cluster of pneumonia cases linked to an animal market in Wuhan. This, of course, being the seafood and meat market where the flu is now alleged to have uh, originated. On December 30, Dr. Lee told the newspaper he sent a message to former classmates on WeChat, a popular messaging app warning them of the new cases of severe acute respiratory syndrome or SARS. He later corrected that saying it was an unknown Corona virus. Dr. Lee was later interrogated by communist party disciplinary officials and hospital management who accused him of spreading rumors and forced him to write a statement criticizing himself. He told the local newspaper. They told me not to publish any information about this online. Dr. Lee told the Beijing Youth Daily in late January. Later, the epidemic started to spread noticeably. I'd personally been treating someone who was infected and whose family got infected, and so then I got infected. In speaking out about the, uh, about the virus and about government efforts to silence him, Dr. Lee drew comparisons to Ying Yang Yang. I'm not making this up. Ying Yang Yang, (laughs) a surgeon who became a hero after blowing the whistle on Beijing's efforts to cover up the extent of the SARS crisis in 2003. So Dr. Lee's now paid the ultimate price, ladies and gentlemen. He is, uh, he is uh, passed on, passed away, and uh, it's unfortunate, but the Communist Party in China is doing the same thing they did with SARS in 2003, mm. which is uh, hiding potentially life-saving information from the world. Reese, so, do you
2: think we're really getting the right information, 100% account?
1: No, I don't think we're getting the full no, 100% I story. I don't either. I mean, we may be getting most of the truth, but I don't, I don't believe we're getting all of it even I now. Think,
2: I think the numbers are probably much higher than we're getting.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, and we'll... Uh, We'll have more. Stick with us, folks. So it is troubling, and we need to uh, be on top of it without panicking, but uh, be on top of it. So that's uh, an interesting uh, update. Give us, uh, give us a few minutes for a uh, word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. Don't leave town.
0: 843-798-TALK Saturday Morning Coffee The Reese Boyd Radio Hour On Talk 94.5 Saturday Morning Coffee The Reese Boyd Radio Hour On Talk 94.5
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, 849 on your Saturday morning, Saturday February 8th. Well, you have done it. You have whiled away another two perfectly good hours <laughs> listening to us whine on on Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for sticking with us. You know, I had so much to... I love the show, Glenn. I love doing the show. I had so much to get to, and we just have so much fun that we don't... We just... We're, I, need to, uh, I need to set uh, stricter limits, but uh, I wanted to get to... Uh, we had a Crossfire Boomerang update uh, today. Not going to get to it. We'll save that for later. had a Virginia update, a uh, guide to Virginia's controversial Democratic-led bills. We're uh, not going to get to that. We'll have to give you guys a teaser, get to that next week, hopefully. Had some legal updates was going to share with you. We are obviously not going to get to those. And also going to talk a little bit about the New Way Forward Act, which Tucker Carlson's been talking about. We'll have to save those items for the week. They're going back in the stack. Maybe we need a third hour, Glenn. I don't ah, know. Maybe. Um, but I think we've got a uh, caller on the line. Our own Scott Richards is at Conway Ford today doing an adoption event with the O'Reilly County Animal Shelter, I believe. And yep. we've got Scott on the line to tell us a little bit about that. Scott, are you there?
4: Oh, yes, of course. Uh, uh, how are you this morning? Wel-
1: please? Welcome to the show, Scott. What's going on at Conway Ford today?
4: Well, what a what a beautiful, beautiful Saturday. Maybe not as warm as we'd like, but the sun is out. So Conway Ford cares, and they care about animals in shelters. And today, well, we're bringing the uh, Horry County Animal Shelter to Conway Ford. They're going to be here by 9, and all of the adoptions are free. There is no charge to bring home your new best friend. We'll have dogs and cats and puppies and kittens, and what a fun day it's going to be. All you have to do is bring your leash. Bring a leash or a cat carrier. Uh, and just be ready to just do a little bit of paperwork, and then off you go. No charge for your best friend. I, I cannot wait for all these dogs and cats to get here. Uh, I've got three animals at home, and I, I hope at the end of today I still have three. <laughs> I <think> uh, it's <laughs> <possible>. <laughs> if,
1: if my daughter,
4: I could be. In, yeah.
1: If my daughter is listening to the show, Scott, she is already getting spooled up. So thank you, thank you for that. Thank you. Will and, uh, we're, yeah, we're, would, we'll, would you uh, like we'll, me
4: to bring her a puppy?
1: You know, uh, we'll probably now that you've mentioned it, we'll probably see you later today. So uh. yeah, there you go.
4: Uh, earlier the better. You know, they've done this for a couple of years, and it starts at ten, and officially it'll go to two. Excellent. But if you come at one, if you come at one thirty, you're going to miss almost all of the pets. Because you know it's free, you just cannot beat that. You can't.
1: What what can you argue with free? As Bernie Sanders would say, how can you argue with free? Uh, well, when and it comes it's a to great animals and yeah. pets. Yeah, yeah, I
4: mean it, it's just great. So there's no cost. Conway Perfect. Ford does this. Get these animals adopted. Uh, of course, Conway Ford, easy to find. Highway 501, just past the high school and it, in Conway.
1: And it, it's such a great thing that uh, Conway Ford does, helping to find homes uh, for these animals who, who do desperately need a home. So that's great. Just-
4: Just look in their eyes, and then your heart will melt.
1: Yeah, Hopefully they'll all find forever homes today. Yeah, that's great, Scott. Absolutely. Come see us. It's going to
4: be fun. Thanks, Reese. Will
1: do. Thanks for sharing that, Scott.
4: Sure.
1: So uh, that's it. Conway Ford today, folks. As you heard Scott say, get out uh, early and get out there if you want to be able to uh, take a look at these pets, because they probably will disappear because the price is right. And uh, that's a great opportunity if you're in the market for a pet to be able to Give a forever home uh, to a pet for a for at at, at, a, at a no cost option. So, uh, good on the folks at Conway Ford for all that. The one item I'm going to try to get to there was a. Haven't talked about it yet. A few fireworks today at or this week at the General Assembly. Uh, there was a little bit of a brouhaha over judicial elections. You know, judicial elections by the General Assembly is something that is fairly unique to South Carolina. I think there are only a couple of states, maybe I think maybe Virginia and South Carolina are the two states who have their judges, their state court judges elected by uh, their State General Assembly, and it uh, produces some rather interesting uh, dynamics in South Carolina, and and, and many have raised questions about it. We've raised questions about it on this program. State Representative Russell Fry was on the show a few weeks ago to talk about uh, judicial elections, among other things. And, you know, personally, I have made my position on this known in the past. I favor the adoption in South Carolina of a model more along the lines of the federal system, I think our judges should be appointed uh, by the governor with a review process that involves the uh, professional, you know, the, 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 the bar and members of the professional community. And that after nomination by the governor, those nominations should be sent to the Senate uh, where they should be reviewed uh, with the advice and consent of the Senate on an up or down vote. And I think um, I think that would frankly be an improvement over what we have. And I think that would be um, something that would benefit everybody. I think it would be good for the bar. I think it would be good for the judicial uh, branch. And I think it would be good, ultimately, for the state of South Carolina. It would be good for you guys, uh, who more often than not are appearing in our state court system and uh, have a vested interest in making sure that the system works and that it works for you. And I think the way you help ensure that is uh, is with the reform that I just talked about. There was an election in the General Assembly this week. 17 judges were elected by the legislature, all of whom, curiously, were unopposed, at least by the time lawmakers, this according to the nerve.org, at least by the time lawmakers actually held the elections. And see, that's the, the Constitution requires an open vote in the General Assembly on judicial elections, be with the idea being that it should be an open public debate. But the little-discussed... Uh, mildly dirty secret is that the real judicial contest happens on the escalator between the state house and the garage where judicial candidates shake hands meet the general assembly informally caucus you know amongst themselves the legislators do to see who has support who doesn't so by the time the actual formal vote in the legislative chamber arrives what may have been a field of 4 is interestingly enough a field of 1 because All candidates who are not likely to be successful, and I say that, put that in quotes, not likely to be successful, are encouraged, again, also in quotes, encouraged to withdraw uh, their uh, application to be uh, elected as judge. So ultimately, by the time uh, the uh, election rolls around to the floor of the General Assembly, well, interestingly enough, there's only one candidate. So this week, uh, members of the General Assembly, certain members of the General Assembly, demanded an open roll call vote. And uh, there was much uh, to do over the uh, demand for a roll call vote. Frankly, at that point, what is the purpose of a roll call vote when there's only one candidate on the ballot? But nonetheless, there was a little bit of a a brouhaha in the chamber. Uh, Various members of the House walked out of the election and um, and so we'll see where this goes. Uh, several of these newly elected judges, uh, the 17 unelected, uh, this, according to the nerve, did face initial opposition. But uh, South Carolina's process for choosing judges largely dominated by lawyers with no input from the executive branch, as I have already discussed, to help preserve the balance of power and judicial independence. So I think that's an area that needs reform. I will continue to push for that. Um Interesting note on the Oscars. I see we've got uh, just a little bit of time left. Um, uh, God goes missing from Little Women. Interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal. I'll post a link to that on the uh, on the page. But I'm pulling for Ford versus Ferrari and uh, 1917 this weekend. Hopefully they'll get some some creds. We'll see what happens. Uh, interestingly enough, parting wisdom second uh, segment, folks. I want to uh, uh, remind you guys. I had the opportunity. I say that. Uh, loosely i had the um, privilege we'll say to go to two funerals in recent weeks one was for a 92 year old one was for a 42 year old and uh, both very sad funerals for different reasons Um, the 92 year old was miss dixie hartnett i want to give her a shout out uh today would have been her birthday were she still with us but she Hmm. passed away at 92 i believe and I also went to the very sad funeral for a, um, a family member who was only 42, who leaves three very beautiful children uh, in the world, and, and her passing was most unexpected. Kelly, you'll be missed. I walked away from that thinking none of us knows exactly the number of days that we have, whether we have 92 or 42 years. The only thing that really matters is the legacy you leave with those you love and the impact that you have on the community around you and the good that you do for those in your community. So... Do all that you can. Let the results, the impact, take care of itself. I, I, I was struck by the uh, funeral for uh, Miss Dixie that many things that she did many decades ago uh, in North Myrtle Beach were still bearing fruit today. So happy birthday, Miss Dixie in heaven. We know you're looking down, and we miss you. Um, let me leave you with this uh, little bit of wisdom from the Proverbs and the parting wisdom. Second par- Proverbs three, five, and six. Lean not on your own understanding, trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Y'all be blessed. Have a great Saturday. Be with us next week.